Welcome to Click, Treat, Repeat. This is a horse-focused podcast discussing positive reinforcement training, equine management and welfare, and other horse-related topics. So let's get started. Okay, so today we're going to be discussing some common stereotypes and myths about horses and basically why they're wrong, like assuming they are wrong. (laughs) So I guess the first one that we wanted to discuss is like the stereotype of moody chestnut mare, which is ridiculous because it's based both on color and gender. And I know you have some thoughts on this one. Do you want to share? Sure. I did find one study. I don't even know if I took notes on it, honestly, because I'm horrible at this. (laughs) But I did. Okay. So there was one study where they identified behavior traits of 477 horses from a wide range of backgrounds, doesn't say the specifics, I don't know what that really means, but they tested their, like, fieriness, I guess, is what they called it, so they were looking at if the horse was easy to catch or lead, if they threw their rider, or had sudden responses to objects, and This person actually noted that chestnut horses were actually bolder than horses of other color. I don't know if that's coincidental or not. I'm assuming it is. But there was no clear thing saying that chestnut mares specifically were crazy or hot or ornery or anything like that. Yeah, that's really interesting. I also found, um, I don't know if I'd call it a study necessarily, but if you've ever heard of eBark, which is like the Equine Behavior Assessment and Research Questionnaire, which I heard about from the Conversations in Equine Science podcast because they were really recommending people take the survey, which I didn't take it yet. But anyways, they basically are trying to gather information from people about like what their horses are like. So they fill out the survey and they ask like hundreds of questions and they don't necessarily like specify why they're asking the questions. So the participants aren't aware that they're studying any specific thing because they're really not. They're just taking like a lot of information and then they can kind of hone in on individual things after that. But anyways, they found that there was less than a 5% difference between the behavioral issues of mares and geldings. And that, you know, small of a difference kind of shows that there's not really a significant difference. And in the situations where there was a significant difference, it was actually usually the gelding that was the one with the higher behavioral issues. Like for example, chewing on the rope when tied, not staying still when getting their face clipped, being pushy with food, things like that. The geldings actually had a significantly higher rate of engaging in those behaviors than the mares did. Mares were 10% more likely to move away when being caught, but overall there were very few differences. And for most measures, they were pretty equal or, you know, just kind of by coincidence, one happened to be a little bit higher or lower. It's possible that there could be some like really minor gender differences between horses, but I think it's pretty clear that the way they act is like going to be most affected by like management and how you're treating them and working with them. Um, So if you're having like behavioral issues, that's the management is going to be more what you should be looking at than gender or color, because that's just, I mean, there's not data to show that gender or color is going to necessarily cause these differences. Yeah, I'm not really sure why the color thing at all is something people believe. I can understand maybe thinking there might be slight differences between gender, but the color one, I just don't understand. That never made sense to me. 
Yeah, that's so true. I feel like it could be honestly like the thing with chihuahuas where like people treat them a certain way and then they almost like fulfill that stereotype just because they're being treated poorly. Like people think chihuahuas are like mean little yappy dogs. And so they kind of like push them around and treat them badly. And so a lot of chihuahuas end up having behavioral issues because of that. And then they blame it on the breed when really it's probably more so due to like how they're treating the dog and whatnot. So I feel like honestly, if we do see differences in chestnut mares, it could be due to something like that. Like chestnut mares tend to be treated like they're going to be crazy and they're going to be booty or whatever. And so then because of the poor treatment as a result of that belief, they actually act like they're you know, having behavioral issues or whatever. Yeah, that would make sense because if we're treating them differently than another horse, they're going to act differently than another horse. That makes sense. Yeah, and that actually kind of goes to another myth that I had, which is stallions being like bad and crazy and hard to deal with. And I think this is an interesting one because obviously like stallions do have you know, hormones and different things going on with them that are different than a gelding. And, you know, it's possible that these hormones could cause them to act in like different ways or whatever. But definitely what I've seen, it seems that a lot of their, you know, quote unquote craziness is due to the management. Like you can look at people like Shelby Dennis, even though her horse Banksy is now gelded, he was not gelded for a while, um, longer than most people keep their colts ungelded. And he was turned out with other horses and, you know, allowed to act like a normal horse and, and treated normally and managed well. And so he didn't really show much negative, quote unquote, study behavior. He was just kind of like being a normal horse. And so I think it also kind of goes back to what we were saying about chestnut mares. Like if you treat the stallion, like they're going to be crazy and you put them on individual turnout and you like don't allow them to express normal behaviors, of course, they're going to then have behavioral issues and that's not because they're stallion it's just because they're managed poorly yeah I think that one usually comes down to management but also harsher training because again we think that they're going to be crazy so you see them with like stud chains around their noses and just tighter lead ropes and harsher hands and I mean that can play a big role into how they're feeling Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I think that's just one where like there might be some kernel of truth there with the hormones and whatnot, but it's going to come down much, much, much more to management and training. Yeah, I've never met a stallion personally, but anytime I've seen one anywhere, like on social media or anything, they're more often than not secluded Yeah, and like have no access to any other horses and that alone is pretty stressful. So I mean, that's going to cause a lot of behavioral problems in, a, in and of itself, regardless of the horse's gender. Yeah, that's so true. We had one stallion, the first barn that I boarded, Coco, there was one stallion. He just stayed by himself in a field kind of over away from other horses. He might have had a fence touching with other horses. I'm not sure, but he was definitely out by himself. And I don't, I didn't notice him being like, you know, wild or anything like that or having behavioral issues, but he like didn't he wasn't really trained or anything and like nobody did anything with him he just stayed out in the pasture which isn't like necessarily a bad thing he had a pretty nice pasture and he was out 24 7 so he was just chilling out there obviously he should have had other companions out there with him and whatnot to be like really meeting his needs but he was overall like his turnout situation was fine other than the fact he didn't have other horses and he seemed fine like I said but I'm not sure what would have happened if they trained him just because he was kept alone and therefore he wasn't really having all his needs met 
So yeah, I've definitely seen that in the one stallion that I've been around for a significant period, definitely seen that he was kept alone and whatnot and kind of not treated like a normal horse. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of how they're managed like right away from the beginning. They don't really seem to have much access to other horses, at least once they're able to breed. I mean, I know when they're little tiny colts, they're with other horses, but past that, they don't really get much socialization either. So even if you did put them with other horses, that could be an issue. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And it's really strange to me too, because so many people are so into the whole like mare pasture versus gelding pasture thing. Like there's no reason why you can't put the stallion out with the gelding pasture. Like that would be fine. So you think, even though there's no need to like have herds separated by gender, you think if someone already is separating them by gender, they would like just be able to put the stallion out with the geldings. Yeah, that would make more sense. And it'd even be more convenient too for the person caring for the horses. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I could be one of those things where they're worried that like being out with the stallion is going to lead to poor behavior for the geldings. Because I know a lot of time people are, are worried about horses learning bad behavior from their herd mates and whatnot. Yeah, that's something I didn't think about, but I don't really think it's all that common, honestly. No, I mean, we, I guess we did a whole episode, not a whole episode, but in one of our episodes, we talked about observational learning and like whether or not that's a thing. And I don't think we necessarily came to like a definitive answer. Like I think we said, we think it probably could be, but there's not really enough research out there to come to a definitive answer. So I guess like we can't really say for sure whether they can like observationally learn from another horse there, but I mean, it definitely has been shown that like stereotypical behaviors and whatnot can't be learned from other horses like cribbing, like your horse isn't going to start cribbing because they're seeing another horse crib and things like that. So I feel like it seems pretty likely that if a horse is, you know, having behavioral issues, the other horse isn't just going to copy that for no reason. Like the behavioral issues are going to be more due to like the issues with management or things like that than just like wanting to be copied um, because that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah I have a personal example with that because I don't know if he would do it now we don't really have any wood fencing but Phoenix used to eat the wood from the fence. I think it was a lot because of his diet but also just because he's way too smart so he's always bored. (laughs) (laughs) Way too smart I think that's why he escaped today too. (laughs) (laughs) He needs more all the time just like constant enrichment that's not really feasible. Yeah. But he used to chew wood and Wonder never caught on to that because he doesn't have a reason to. He was totally happy in that environment. So it's not yeah. really something that just like passes along. It's not a disease. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think another one, I guess we can stay in the similar like category of stereotypes and myths of, that we're in right now. So the next one that I have is One that somebody on Instagram sent in, which is that Arabians are hot and crazy and things like that about Arabians just being wild. And you could probably apply this to like other breeds too, if there are any other types that are like having those type of stereotypes. But I think Arabians are like the big one where you hear people saying they're hot and crazy. And Ren is half Arabian. And I will say that she is the like most hot and crazy, you know, obviously those are labels, but you know, quote unquote, hot and crazy out of all of my three horses but (laughs) I guess like my view on this would be that like certain breeds might have slightly different characteristics because they are being bred and whatnot for like certain characteristics but I think it's still going to come down a lot more to management and training and how you're dealing with that horse because I mean any horse can kind of have behavioral issues or become 
you know, quote unquote, hot and crazy if they're not managed or trained properly and things like that. So I think like maybe there could be certain factors that are more likely in certain breeds, but if you are managing them properly, you're probably not going to run into any like issues just because it's an Arabian or whatever. Right. I met, I think, three full Arabians that I can think of off the top of my head. And they all had a lot of anxiety, but they all also had really poor backgrounds or unknown backgrounds and were rescues. So I think for all of those horses, it's more of just an environmental factor and not necessarily because they're Arabians. Yeah, that's a good point. And I said that Ren was like the most wild, I guess, you know, again, a label, but of my three horses. But as I'm thinking about it, I think she also is the one of the most calm as well, at least more calm than Mimi. Because Mimi, I feel like, is constantly operating at like a slightly higher level of arousal and constantly a little bit on edge, which is not great. Um, whereas like Ren is usually pretty calm and pretty sweet and just like very gentle but then if she gets overstimulated of course she's gonna kind of go into this more you know quote-unquote wild behavior where she's gonna be running around um or fucking or kicking around or whatever and so I think she does get a little bit more overstimulated more easily than the others do but she also used to be a police horse and has had like a very different background. So I don't think it's really makes sense to totally be like, oh, it's because she's half Arabian that she's like that. It's like, no, it's probably more because of her background and things that she's been through and just, you know, who she is as an individual than being because of her breed, even if that plays a like very minor role in it. Yeah. I mean, I think there are characteristics to certain breeds, like you mentioned before, but also I have two horses that are the exact opposite of what they're supposed to be. <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't really depend on the breed wholly. I mean, I think it can play a role, but I don't think it's everything. I think a lot of it is management and diet is really important and just training and care in general, really. Yeah, that's so true. Pretty much all of that stuff. And like, again, their past experiences, like if Ren has been exposed to certain scary things before and she is kind of removed from that training and, and isn't you know in a state of learned helplessness like she might have been before or like doesn't have those things as a more recent memory she might be a lot more likely to be scared by it like a siren like I've mentioned before she really doesn't like sirens and she's very scared of them whereas a horse who like never worked as a police horse and never was around sirens might like be scared by a loud sound but they're not going to have that memory so like I feel like Ren's experiences do kind of influence how she's behaving it's so hard to say I feel like to actually test things on breed you'd have to get two horses of the same age that are completely different breeds and like raise them and care for them exactly the same to really figure <laughs> that out and I don't think anyone's doing that anytime soon <laughs> yeah that's true because again it also could come down to like we said before if Arabians are thought to be crazy and then they're treated differently because of it that might lead them to act more crazy. So even if you do like a whole study of like surveying a lot of people, if the Arabians are consistently being put into different situations and treated differently because they're Arabians, then you're not really going to get an accurate view on like what's actually because of their breed and what's because of how, you know, stereotypes cause people to treat them. Yeah, I'd have to come from a totally unbiased person. And I think that's hard to find in the horse world. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> 
So I guess um, the last one kind of along this line is about ponies, ponies having attitudes and just being rude, I suppose. The closest I've met to a pony was a mini donkey, and that doesn't really count. So <laughs> I don't have much <laughs> firsthand experience, but a good example is the Willing Equine's pony. Like he seems like a quote unquote normal horse for the most part from what I've seen. Like there's no... I don't know like they're it's just why are they treated like that I don't understand yeah that's so true obviously yeah obviously I have experience with ponies since I have two ponies Mimi's a Welsh pony and Tiny is a mini and so like they're kind of different types of ponies but they're both ponies and I guess what I would say is like again breeds and like types of horses could have some type of impact like very minorly but I still think it's going to come way more down to management and I know like with ponies a lot of them are kind of like having tiny kids who don't know how to ride and are like pulling on their mouth or whatever put on them and they're they're basically having to put up with like little kids or people who aren't really knowing what they're supposed to be doing and they're not riding properly and I think like a lot of that um, can lead them to have those behavioral issues and I mean that's not the only thing either I think ponies in general are just kind of seen as like slightly inferior to horses like oh it's just a pony I can just kind of throw it you know wherever and it'll be fine um, whereas like if you have like a nice horse you're going to be like oh I have to like really pay more attention to this horse so I think it's like the way that people manage ponies and the types of riders they have typically and whatnot and also with ponies I feel like they do more of like pony ride type things they just have a random tack thrown on them it's not like you know upper level riders who might actually have like saddle fit checked or whatever it's just going to be like whatever is going to be thrown on them so I think kind of going back to the thing with chihuahuas I think ponies are kind of like chihuahuas they're being treated in a way that's causing them to come up with behavioral issues I guess yeah I was only thinking of like minis like really really tiny ponies so I did know one pony personally not like I was close to this horse or anything, but they had boarded where I was. And the person riding this pony was an adult. So taller and obviously weighs more. And this pony had problems with rearing and falling Mm -hmm. back on the person, but they rode in Western tack too. So on top of their weight, they also had a heavier saddle on this horse that's a pony, (laughs) really short. And like, I feel yeah. like that's pretty common too, where you see adults riding ponies when they should not be, whether they're too tall or just way too much, because they're not full-sized horses. So they need different riders. And I mean, you really want your tack to fit if you're going to be too big for the horse anyway. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that actually brings up for me, like literally just like a couple days ago, I came to the realization that I'm probably never going to be able to ride Mimi. Like I'm kind of like on the cusp of where like I maybe could ride her and it would be fine. I'm very short, but like weight wise, like height wise, I'm fine. But weight wise, I'm sort of like on the cusp of where it's fine, but like it's probably not ideal. And so I just kind of was like, I don't think this is a good idea because Joe had told me she thought it was okay. She was like, yeah, it's definitely fine. You can definitely ride me. But I was just like thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, I don't think this is a good idea. Pretty much for the reasons that you just said, because I don't want to be like putting heavy equipment on her and putting, you know, my heavy self on her. And she is also older and 
potentially has medical issues. So I just don't think that that it's a good idea. And I think that, yeah, that is one of the rough things about ponies too, because if you, you know, have this pony, a lot of people are like, why have a horse if you're not going to ride it? So they're kind of like, oh, I'm just going to ride the pony or whatever, um, even if they're too big for it. And that's, yeah, that's just, it's hard to like make that decision of like, yeah, I think I'm too big for this pony. If that is a horse that you care about and like want to have and you want to ride, but also it's definitely important to consider those things because if you do have like a really heavy saddle and, you know, too much weight or too much height or whatever, then obviously that's going to lead to some issues. Yeah. And that's a good segue to the horses needing a job myth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I guess the next one, horses needing a job. I think that's like a really common myth that I hear a lot. I am in a lot of Facebook groups of people like asking for advice or whatever, because I just find it entertaining to like see what advice people are asking for and try to help if I can. And I see a lot of people being like, I don't know if I should sell my horse because I can't ride anymore, or I don't want to ride anymore, or I want to ride, but I just don't have time. So I think that's like a really common thing that people think is that their horse needs to have a job. But I mean, I think most of us in the positive reinforcement community or just people in general who know about horses and about the science and whatnot, I think we would all recognize that like a horse's only true job is really like to be a horse. And in the wild, they're just going to be like, you know, foraging and hanging out with their friends and doing normal horse things. So if you provide them a good environment, and um, enrichment and whatnot, I think they're going to be fine. Whereas obviously, like, if you're keeping them in a stall 24-7, and the only time that they would get any type of enrichment is, like, working with you, then you might want to be trying to provide that enrichment for them and trying to get them out of their stall and doing something, whether that's, like, training or just hand grazing or whatever. But if they have a proper environment, I don't think they need a job at all. Yeah, I agree with that. For me personally, whenever someone finds out I have horses, the first question is always, well, do you ride them? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sometimes, (laughs) but like it's not what they think of either. So it's kind of hard to answer that question. And it's kind of unfortunate too, that even people like outside of the horse world, their first thought is, oh, like what sport do you do? Like, how do you ride them? Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Like when you said you get the question, like, do you ride them? I was honestly surprised by that. Cause I'm like, if they're <laughs> even asking, do you, that's an improvement. Like that's usually true. they're like, they're usually like, what, what type of riding do you do with them? And I have to be like, um, I do mostly groundwork. I do clicker training, whatever. And they're just like, what is that? <laughs> Which I guess, you know, clicker training is still, you know, quote unquote a job, but it's also very different than what you would think of a traditional job. But yeah, yeah, I think definitely like people really expect you to have some type of thing you're working towards with horses. And it's so weird, too, because we all have horses like most of us have them as like a leisure activity or like a hobby or whatever, not because we're all like super competitive. So it's just like, I don't know, I don't see it as super different from dogs where there are like a few people who are going to be competing and like doing things, but most people just have them as pets. Like, I think that's how most of us are with horses. And so I don't know why it's like so required to be doing some type of job with them. Like, why can't they just be a pet that I like? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like I'll occasionally sit on Wonder and I plan to hopefully eventually sit on Phoenix, but like, I don't do anything that crazy. Like the most I've ridden was like maybe 10 minutes in the last year or two on Wonder. Like I don't really (laughs) 
I mean, it's enjoyable, but I don't do anything like competitive or I don't know, like it's just, it's not necessary. They're happy without it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they're managed well, they're going to be very happy. In fact, some of the happiest horses I've seen are the ones who are just thrown out to pasture and they have like a nice varied terrain in their pasture and they've got buddies and they're just kind of, you know, hanging out out there doing horse things. Like I, a lot of those horses are a lot happier than the ones who are like stalled a lot of the time and in really intense, possibly aversive training work and whatnot. So it's definitely not a bad thing for your horse to not have a job, but a job that is done properly can be a form of enrichment for them. Like, you know, positive reinforcement training and doing fun skills with that. That's in my opinion, enriching to the horse's life. So like a job isn't a bad thing. It can definitely be positive. And like, I would recommend people to, you know, do a little something with their horse and get some, you know, enjoyment out of working with them and being around them. But like, you don't have to do that. Yeah, I think another common thing with people thinking horses need a job is the exercise aspect of it. But mm -hmm. if you're managing them well and they have a larger pasture, hopefully with varied terrain and they're able to just move around, they don't really need a lot of extra exercise usually. Obviously, there's some special cases, but most of the time that's enough. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah, if they're managed properly and they have the right diet and they're you know, moving around in their pasture, you know, on a daily basis. And you can do things to make that happen, like put their water source or one of their water sources up a hill or whatever, so that they're going to have to walk up there to get to that. Um, and like track systems and things like that are really good for getting the horse to like move around and um, get that, that natural exercise from moving around throughout the day. So there are definitely things you can do to like increase that if you don't think your horse is getting appropriate exercise just like being in the field although hopefully they would be but if not yeah there are things you can do the colder weather I've had to be more creative so <laughs> we have a water source like right at the front of the pasture closest to our house and then we put the hay way at the back oh, so yeah <laughs> to come inside or to get a drink they have to walk all the way back and we have a little bit of hilly areas it's nothing crazy I wish it were more but they do have to climb up a hill to get to the hay. So like there's things that they have to do in order to get their hay or water and therefore they're exercising. And it's cool too, because it's pretty low effort on me. Like I don't have to commit to lunging every day <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Like they just do it on their own and they're happy to. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Like another example of how you can use the environment to get a lot of results that you want. You don't have to necessarily like be hands-on constantly getting the horse to do the things you want if you set the environment up for success then it's easier for you as well in a lot of things like in training as well and just in you know management things like getting the horse to exercise I have some ground poles out there too but they're kind of lost in the snow so <laughs> I'm not even really sure where they are at this point <laughs> but yeah you can do stuff like that too just throw out different obstacles for them to go over they might not necessarily do it if you don't have a track system but yeah. I I put wood poles around the water so they have to like maneuver around them to get to the water things like that like either the, they don't really need a job they just need exercise and enrichment yeah, that's so true. I have some ground poles out too. And sometimes I do see them going and walking over them. I'm not sure why, because there's honestly not really much good grass out in the pasture at all right now, but they're, I guess they're looking for grass in there, but 
um yeah they'll go in there and kind of poke around for grass and go over the poles and I'm like oh wow they're going over them and I also have like a few other obstacles but I usually have to take them in because Joe used to leave out cones and something would come and like chew up the cones I think it might have been coyotes or something but I'm not sure so like if she left them out overnight they would get like destroyed um (laughs) so I can't like leave those out which obviously cones aren't going to do much honestly the horses would probably just stand out there and touch them repeatedly and be like why am I not getting treats like all day but (laughs) yeah if I leave cones or pods or anything out they just knock them over and hit them around (laughs) I guess it's still enrichment but I prefer them not to break my things so (laughs) yeah that's very fair and I have very flimsy cones so I prefer them to not get ruined I think they already have some weird dents in them from Ren picking them up so <laughs> I like to kick them so I'm sure mine do too oh no <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of click treat repeat feel free to check us out on instagram at click treat repeat pod you can find Jen at genuine equine and myself at bonafide.bt We upload new episodes every other Monday and hope to see you then. Happy training.